Have you ever wondered what it's like to perform an autopsy? Ever wanted to know how accurate your favorite crime drama is? If you're brave enough, join join us Inside the Morgue. Hey everyone, and welcome to Inside the Morgue. We're your hosts and real autopsy techs, Jess and Alice. This week, we thought we would take a break from the CSI dramas and talk more about our jobs and what really goes into being an autopsy tech if anyone out there is thinking about getting into this field. So would you like to get into kind of your educational background? Yeah, I'll start with this. So my education, I have my undergrad in forensic biology. I actually started off as a criminal justice major because I thought I wanted to be a detective for the longest time, and I thought I wanted to go the FBI route and go to Quantico, and then I realized that I had to be a police officer, and I didn't want to do that. So I switched my major, and I still loved everything about forensics, so I just switched to forensic bio, which my university offered. So I graduated with that. I had an internship at a coroner's office while I was in my undergrad, and then from there, I went right into pursuing my master's degree, which is in forensic medicine. That's really my educational background. I don't have any certifications or anything like that. I mean, I'm trying to, like, work toward that, but currently, I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I have my bachelor's in biological sciences and I've always loved forensics and true crime and all that stuff but I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast but I always felt like it was just such a hard field to get into that I didn't even try to bother getting into it and I worked for a few years in a molecular biology lab and I did enjoy that while I was there but I don't know something clicked in my brain after a few years there where I was like why can't why can't I work in forensics? I should try it. And so I also went to pursue my master's and I got my master's in biomedical sciences concentrating in forensics. And the rest is history. Here we are. I think that's great. Like we have different starting points for when we went to go get our master's. And I think that's great that if anybody like out there is listening and they think they can't get into it or it's such a niche field and it's too hard, like, no, go for it. Follow that dream. Follow your gut. If you want to get into forensics, just start somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And especially in, I think, like our line of work with autopsies and stuff, not just education, but certain experiences can help you get in the field. Like I know Jess did an internship during, was it your undergrad? During your undergrad, you did an internship? Yeah, I did my internship. It was the summer going into my senior year of undergrad. I did my internship at the office that I'm currently working at. And doing that internship really helps me make those connections and networking. Literally, our supervisor, when this job was opened over a year ago, he reached out to me before I even applied. And he was like, hey, this job's open, and I think that you're going to be interested if you are up for applying. Yeah, and I didn't do an internship like that, but I was a teaching assistant in an anatomy lab so I had some dissection experience there and I also made some connections there because where I did uh, my graduate program the lab uh, the lab manager at the time now lab director was working at the office that we currently work at and she let me know when there was a job opening up and it's all about getting the experience getting to know people making connections, networking, like every, I feel like every field. Networking is Yeah, huge. I feel like every field. Uh, yeah, especially like in every field, but I especially, I think, in forensics, it's huge because this is, is really such a small community. So it's really all about like who you know, because 
literally everybody knows everybody around yeah. this area and and in like the surrounding counties. Mm-hmm. So, so Jess, oh no, sorry, <laughs> let me ask you, what is your favorite part of the job? I think my favorite part of the job is really just like working on cases and continuing to study anatomy because like I think it's cool that like everybody we're all made up of the same things like everybody has the same basic anatomy but when you open somebody up everybody looks different on the inside and it's working around that and sometimes surgeries play a big part in if people's anatomy are yeah a little different from somebody else's and I think it's so cool that we see that in every case that we work on and we get to like continuously learn from our old cases for our current cases. Yeah, I love, I was going to say the same thing. I love that I still get to learn every day and that pretty much no two cases are the same. And like you said, anatomy is basically the same in everybody, but it's like a little different in each person. And I've talked to you about this before and you're the only person that gets it. And I hope everybody who's listening kind of understands what I'm saying because otherwise I'm going to sound insane I am so upset that I will never if I am autopsied when my time comes that I'll never be able to see my own autopsy because I'm so curious (laughs) what I look like on the inside I think about that quite often especially in the autopsy suite when we we do like our cases I just want to know what I look like on the inside I just I'm nobody else understands that but you not in a way like (laughs) not in a creepy way in a morbid way where I'm like I want to die so I can like no in a way where I'm like I wish there was a way for me to be alive and see what my organs look like I want to be at my autopsy (laughs) maybe if there is an afterlife we can haunt whatever morgue (laughs) our autopsies are done in and watch from a distance (laughs) we'll be the new ghosts of our county morgue We'll take over from the old ones that are currently haunting us. I swear, I kept hearing things today. I think we were haunted today at work. Going into that, also, that's like a good segue. Does anything ever like disturb you or disgust you like in the autopsy suite or when we do cases? So uh, I'm going to take that as two separate things. So disgust me is weird. So decomp doesn't really get to me as much as it used to. It definitely still does occasionally. I don't love it. Nobody loves it. <laughs> but weirdly... The smell of urine, for some reason, gets to me. I don't like that. Yes. And I, think I feel like that's thing. a weird thing to be disgusted by in our field when we work with so many other grosser things. But for some reason, if I can smell urine during a case, I get immediately grossed out. For me, I think it's the stomach contents. That smell. Oh, yeah. Always kind of like makes me gag. Mm. And for disturbing, I guess I would say, and this we've talked about this and then we had a heavier episode any pediatric case Mm -hmm. it like it sticks with you it's tough yeah the fetal cases and the baby cases that are like under a year old they are definitely the most disturbing and the hardest ones to work on yeah and I I talked to a few people before I got into this field and that were already working in this field in forensics in some capacity and every time I asked them what the hardest part of the job was the answer 100% of the time was if kids are involved it's the worst and so just if anybody's out there listening wondering if they want to get into this field it is such a rewarding field but it does have its heavy days Mm -hmm. and you just have to kind of brace yourself for that. That was actually so when I was interviewing for the job I was interviewing with the supervisor and our office manager and I asked him I was like what do you think is the hardest part about being an autopsy tech and working that job and he goes well do you have kids and I was like no not currently and he goes well 
you might be a little better at it than me, but definitely the pediatric cases. So, yeah, everybody. It's a universal it's, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a universal thing that everybody just obviously has the toughest time working those cases. Yeah, and you kind of, in the office, especially in the office we work in, I feel like everybody is amazing at emotional support for, like, those tougher cases. We all know. We're all shaken by it, and we all kind of check in on each other, like, hey, how are you feeling? Do you need to talk? Like, And it's really good to be able to talk to each other in the morgue because you can try to talk to other people about having a hard day at work who don't work in this field, but being able to talk to someone who's been there, like, I can talk to you, and, like, I know you understand because you've seen what Mm -hmm. I've seen. Yeah. It's so much easier to talk to, like, everybody in our office and you because we're all going through the same thing, so we understand on a different level than, like, our significant others who don't work yeah. in this field. Not that our significant others are amazing and very supportive, but it's it's different being able to talk to someone who's been there and seen it and does what you do. Yeah. So. Agreed. So, Jess, uh, have you ever been bored during an autopsy or lost your motivation to work? I know. So, again... If you don't work in this field, you kind of just don't understand. But yes, I have been bored during an autopsy, especially. So this really only goes for older people, like in their 80s or 90s. They have to come in just because they hate doctors and they haven't been to a doctor in years. So nobody's signing that death certificate. So that's an external exam, unless they fell and hit their head. But really, older cases, older people like that are going to get an external exam. So that's really just the doctor having a quick look over and being like, yep, they are allowed to die at 85 or 88 years old. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. External exams <laughs> are not my favorite. There's not just much like do. nothing to them. Like yeah. we don't really get to do much during it other than take fingerprints and draw for toxicology and take photos and flip them it's over like not so even that the back. it's not even like that many photos that we take either oh, yeah i was i will say i agree on that my answer is the same <laughs> so i think another commonly frequently asked question about our jobs and i guess in the morgue like how many autopsies do we do on average we do like three a day on average there's some days where it's slower some days where there's yeah. way more going on so it like balances out to about I would say three a day. And I remember when I first got the job and I was telling my boyfriend about like the interview and what to expect in the job. And I think I had asked actually, so Jess was in on my interview and I helped hire Alice. Yay. And um, I actually, I have a funny story about our phone interview because you, you're the one who did my phone interview before I was brought in person. I did. <laughs> but anyway, before I tell that story, I was telling my boyfriend I had asked you like, oh, how many cases do you do like a day? And I think you had said like three or four a day. And I told him that and he was shocked. He was like, I thought it would be like three or four like a week. Like you do that many in a day. I was like, apparently. There's some counties that do that a week. I know there are some counties where it's slower. There's some where it's way more like three a day would be like laughable in certain areas. But our phone interview, what I was going to say, I think about this sometimes. Why you think about me? I think about you all the time. I think about the phone interview. Because honestly, the phone interview, oh my God, wait, the phone interview, our, I missed our phone interview anniversary because it was... I was just going to say, it's almost been a full year since you've been like officially working. Yes, and our phone interview was in mid-January and you called Aww. me and you, you asked me the questions and you asked, one of the questions was how I felt about bugs. Yep. <laughs> and my answer was, I was like, oh, I love, like, I'm, I don't mind bugs. I'm honestly, I love bugs. And I said... 
I was like in my apartment with me and my boyfriend. It's actually my job to like pick up the bugs and take them outside. I don't mind them at all. And you said, oh, we're going to be besties on during the phone interview. And I I'm did. like, oh my God, we are. Because Alice is our bug tech because I don't do bugs. Any like maggots that we have to collect during our decom cases, I call Alice over. I'm like, Alice, you need to come get this. And I scoop them up. Sometimes, so the office that we have, we share it with a couple different offices in a giant building. So it's a really old building and there's like cracks and everything everywhere. So sometimes there's cockroaches that will just be like lying lifeless on the floor and I'll see it. I'll put a cup over it sometimes and I'll be like, Alice, I left you something. Can you please take it outside? And I scoop it up and I throw it outside. Definitely. Yeah. Bugs and maggots and flies, anything like that, especially during like the decomp cases, I that's like where my tolerance is hit. I will say I don't I don't go out of my way to be like, wow, I hope we have a lot of maggots today. <laughs> but I ever since I was a kid, I always loved like bugs and stuff. I don't know why. And mag- I don't I don't love scooping up maggots if it's a really bad case. But yeah, they do. That's another thing. OK, another th- I know we already did this question, but for the disgusting questions, seeing a mass of maggots underneath the skin like squirming around underneath makes me so uncomfortable that's gross that's pretty gross to see it reminds me of i don't know if anybody's seen the 90s classic the mummy starring brendan fraser um they had like creepy bugs in that movie that would they were like beetles that would crawl under people's skin no it freaked me out as a kid still freaks me out now no thank you well talking about things that freak you out what was the worst case that you've ever done I don't want to get too specific, but like we've had cases where there's been like multiple children dead. In one instance, there was a major like crazy accident that happened and multiple children died. And that was that was the worst thing I've ever done. Like having that's the worst thing I've ever worked. Yeah, that was bad. I was going to go a different route with worst going more disgusting. Oh, that's more fun. Let's do. Can we cut this part out then? This depressing (laughs) shit that I just said. And then we'll go to the worst, like grossest thing. Because I like that better. I don't know if I've talked about this on a past episode, but there was one case where this older gentleman had died and he was in a bathtub and somebody, one of the investigators was like, oh, he was in the bathtub for maybe like a day or two, maybe three days. No, he was most likely in that bathtub for like six or seven days. And it was, was bad. awful. He was nothing but just skin, bone, and ligaments held together. There was, like, nothing else besides that. He was almost, and this is going to be really gross, he was almost soupy. Yeah, any case where they get soupy, I was going to say it was the worst. Any, like, really bad decomp case. I'm trying to think my first decomp. That bathtub case, the smell alone, that was the only case I've ever gone home and been so nauseous that I threw up that one was rough that one yeah that one's stuck in your nose for a while those are definitely the grossest is when they're severely decomp or I've said this so many times on this podcast I hate the bloated stage of decomp yes because then if we have to open them they deflate like a balloon and it's just awful smelling gas the awful gas that comes out and it's especially if you're the one cutting it's right in your face even if you have your mask and your shield and everything there's no escaping that if i'm the one cutting on a bloated case i literally almost turn my head away when i like make that 
first incision. You know when it's going to happen and you're like, oh no. One of our doctors actually has like a little magic trick almost when they're kind of that bloated. So whatever, like the methane gas that builds up inside on the bloated cases, when you light that on fire, it actually turns into a blue flame. And that's his little party trick that he likes to tell us. It smells awful still. But but it smells. So how time-consuming is our job? So what hours do we usually work? And I feel like we get this question a lot. I do. Because, I mean, according to TV, we work all hours of the night. which Only nighttime. Only nighttime, which is not true at all. We mainly always do cases at like 8 a.m. Or we start cases around 8 a.m. Sometimes we'll do them later, depending on the pathologist schedule and when they're available to like come in and cover cases that day but really like I work a 7 to 3 30 schedule Monday through Friday with the occasional Saturday coverage mm-hmm. and I'm the same I'm in but I'll come in an hour later and stay an hour later so I'm there 8 to four thirty, and occasional Saturday like Jess and I will alternate Saturdays yeah people are really surprised when I tell them that because of the CSI effect telling everybody that we work crazy nighttime hours and as soon as there's a body we have to be in the morgue immediately which is not true yeah it just gets pushed to the next day right it's not like as soon as you get a call oh we got to do this autopsy right now like no nobody is going in at 11 o'clock at night to do an autopsy everybody understands that the case will be first thing next morning Right. And there are some instances where if it is like a super urgent case or we need to get it done soon, the doctor will come in earlier, which is why Jess is in at seven so that there is a tech there if the doctors choose to come in early. Or sometimes if a case comes in later in the day and someone's like, hey, if we can get a doctor in here, it'd be great if we could get this one today, which is why I stay a little later. So if a doctor comes in later, I can stay until like 430 or five to help finish the work if that happens but that um usually doctors choose to come in early just so they can get out of there yeah i mean like they're busy yeah they're so busy all the docs that we have are per diem so they'll come in do their per diem job and then go back to their full-time gig which leads me to our next frequently asked question that i get a lot and i hate how much money do we make per year And I'm going to preface this by saying you don't go into forensics for the money. I think I heard Crime Scene Queen say that on an episode and I (laughs) literally laughed out loud because I agreed so hard. I was like, yes, finally, somebody gets it. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say how much I make per year, but it's... I know. I'm not going to say how much I make, but you really, you don't go in for the money. Like, it's not a high paying job by any means. Unless you're like the pathologist and then you obviously get paid more because right. you went to medical school. But And that's like eight plus years of medical school and I just yeah. don't have that in me. Just not, not for me. But yeah, you definitely don't go into this for the money. But it is so rewarding. You go into it because it is a rewarding job and that weighs higher in my mind over yeah. the money. Me too. I mean, I wouldn't mind more money, but... True. I always... So... Do you ever feel scared doing your job? No. I've been doing this for a while. I probably have been cutting for over two years now, doing autopsies for over a year and cutting elsewhere for over a year. So I'm not scared to work a case on like a decedent. I'm there to like do my job. So I don't feel scared anymore. I think initially, so I used to work at, I'm 
and I've said this before on the podcast, I used to work at a whole body donation center and that was my first introduction into working on cadavers and learning how to cut and doing dissections. And I was definitely scared cutting my first time because I was like, I don't want to cut the wrong way. My manager was watching me and like trying to guide me how to do it. And she's like, you can't hurt them. Like, you're fine. So I have overcome that fear of I can't hurt this person. Nothing bad is going to happen. If I make a wrong cut, I just let somebody know that I made the cut and it wasn't there beforehand. I was so scared when I first started. I was terrified. I'm not anymore, but I was so scared because I, like I said, it's helpful to get experience before coming to do this job, but my only experience had been in a cadaver lab. So I'd only seen nice, embalmed, put together bodies. And you don't always see that every day in the morgue. You see decomps, you see really gruesome stuff. And I was so scared that I was going to go in my first day in the morgue, walk back there and like pass out or vomit or something. I was like, what if I can't? I was like, I thought I could handle this because I've wanted to do this for so long. And I loved the anatomy lab. But like, this is a different vibe. This is different smells and sounds and just such an overwhelming experience. What if I can't handle it? And I was so scared that I was just gonna let myself down or just not be able to stomach it. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. And I've said this to some of our interns before, too, who haven't ever seen an autopsy. You, It is a very overwhelming experience, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the time, and this was my case, I was building it up to be worse than what it actually was in my head, which I do all the time with any situation. I always overthink things, and I think it's going to be way worse than it actually ends up being. And there are some days where it's like we've talked about tough cases and stuff, but my first day doing autopsies, I definitely built it up to be way worse than it was going to be. You don't really know how much you can handle until you're actually in the situation and you see everything and experience it. Mm-hmm. And I... I think during my interview, you guys had asked me that you're like, oh, your only experience is like working with cadavers. This is a really different experience. How do you think you're going to handle that? And I just said, I was like, I won't know until I try. So I was like, I, I haven't seen anything that has grossed me out enough yet to not apply for this job. So I won't know until I try. And yeah. At my old job, we worked on some embalmed cadavers. So I did have like experience with that smell of formalin and formaldehyde, but I mean, we got fairly fresh donors that were dead Mm -hmm. probably only a few days. So we obviously had different experiences, but definitely like seeing an autopsy is a lot. Yeah, we talked about it in, I think it was our first, our part one of Autopsy of Jane Doe. I'm forgetting his name now, but the actor who plays the son in that movie actually went to see autopsies before he filmed the movie and he said it changed his life. And it will. It's an intense, like, life-altering experience. But it's if, it's, if it's a field you want to be in and you're passionate about, like Jess and I, it's so rewarding. Yeah, if you're passionate about forensics and anything anatomy, like, highly suggest getting an internship somewhere and, like, getting your foot in the door if you want to pursue a career in this field. Definitely. Talking about our first autopsy experience, was it uncomfortable to you? How long for you did it take you to get comfortable with where you're at now so um, after like so I my first day I really I like watched you do do an autopsy I mostly just observed on my first day and 
I feel like once I watched you, the only thing that shocked me was how colorful everything is. And I tell people this all the time because when you see an embalmed cadaver, everything is kind of faded, all the organs and stuff. But the colors are really dull. Yeah, everything. Yes, that's a good word for it, dull. But in a relatively fresh body, everything is very colorful. And I just feel like that really shocked me. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I feel like I got comfortable being back there quickly, but getting better at cutting and being more efficient in what I do took me a little bit of time to find my rhythm. So I want to say around like maybe maybe four months doing the job, I kind of felt more comfortable. And that's when I started, I started working weekends like alone. So I really, really like taking off the training wheels, being like, all right, see what you can do on your own. And it's, yeah. What about you? I think I, I don't think I was ever uncomfortable because I had a lot of experience coming in from like my old job at the donation center place. Right. And you had the internship experience too. I had the internship experience. So I wasn't, it wasn't like my first time seeing an autopsy was like my first day as an autopsy tech. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of experience doing eviscerations, seeing different bodies and like different stages of death. But again, like doing an autopsy is a little different from like the old procurements that I would do. So again, like getting to a place where you're really efficient did take me a little time. I mean, I was working by myself for probably the first four months until we hired you. And then we got we had two autopsy techs, which makes it even more efficient than we were. Oh, for sure. I can't imagine. There's There's been a handful of times where you've been, like when you went to training, photography training, I was alone for a week. Oh my God, it was chaos. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, how did Jess do this for months by herself? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like getting efficient, it's just the more practice you have and the longer that you keep doing it, you're going to find little shortcuts here and there and better ways to cut and... It's really just all about like how long you keep at it. Yeah, and I feel like we are both very lucky that we have a lot of doctors that we work with who are always willing to teach. Yeah. And so I, I've i kind of developed my own way of doing a dissection, but I notice each little way that I do things is like, oh, this is the way this doctor does it. And like, this is the way this doctor taught me. So I've like kind of become like a mash of like all the all the different techniques that different doctors have taught me. So I'm very lucky in that regard. That's what our one doctor, we have um, a pathologist assistant program that we work with at our county. And one of the doctors also helps teach that program at the university that it's at. And every time like we have a new student coming in and we're teaching them how to do like autopsy and how to cut, he always reminds us not to tell them exactly how to do something because he wants them to create their own mm-hmm. way of cutting. And I mean, I think that's, I've definitely picked up on like little things from every single doctor I've worked with and have created my own style like you. It's really, it's really cool to see how far you've come in a year or even just a couple of months and you start to notice like, oh, wow, this is something I learned a while ago. And now it's like second nature to me. It's cool. So kind of moving into the end of this episode, what do you find the most interesting about our job? It's different almost every day, which to some people sounds stressful, but to me, it's so exciting. I love walking in and being like, all right, what's on the docket for today? What am I going to see today? What am I going to learn today? It's really just, I've always loved anatomy and physiology. It's been fascinating. So getting to just work in a field where I use my love and my knowledge of anatomy every day and getting to learn even more anatomy, it's, you can't beat it. No, I love coming in and 
every day is different. It's not the same routine, although some days can be. But every single case is different in its own way. And working those Monday through Friday and the occasional Saturday, getting to see it different from like a Monday to a Tuesday, that's like the most interesting. Because like one day you're taking a bullet out of a head and then the next day you're finding an appendicitis. It's really cool. It's a really cool field to be in. Anyone who is on the fence about pursuing this career or any kind of forensic field, do it. This is your sign. Do it. We're telling you. Listen to us. Just do it. <laughs> We're doing like the Shia LaBeouf meme. Just do, Just do it. it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. What's the Michael Scott quote from the Wayne Gretzky? Oh my god, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> That's it. That's If you take anything away from this podcast, take that. Is that we watch The Office and we want you to follow your dreams. Well, that brings us to an end for this episode. We hope that you enjoyed this format. I know it was different from our usual weekly podcast episodes that we do, but we just wanted to switch it up and kind of get more real with you guys. So if you enjoy our podcast and you want to learn more about forensics and true crime, keep on listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Inside the Morgue Pod. And feel free to DM us any questions you have about the field or about autopsies. And we'll be back next week for a brand new dissection. Bye!